0: Welcome to the I Love Alt Mortgages podcast, brought to you by Home Trust. And now, your host, Brennan Trenuth. Hey, Broker Nation. I'm excited to have Adam Mitchell and Ringo So from 360 Lending on the podcast today. On this episode, Adam and Ringo tell us about how their different skill sets complement each other as they continue to grow their successful brokerage. We will discuss our niche product, the Equity Line Visa, and why they see it as a strong solution for their clientele. Plus, Adam and Ringo share how they became experts in having difficult conversations with clients through re-education to support them through their financial difficulties and to get them to the light at the end of that tunnel. Hey everyone, Brennan here on the I Love Alt Mortgage podcast. Today I'm very excited to have Adam Mitchell and Ringo So from 360 Lending on the show. Gentlemen, welcome. Hey, good to be here. Good to be here. Thanks for joining us. So today we wanted to discuss your experience in the industry, establishing partnerships in the industry, and what it takes to be successful. But we are going to start off with some icebreaker questions just to kind of get to know each other a little bit. If you had to eat one item for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ringo? Steak. Steak, okay. Pizza. Pizza? Perfect. And what's your go-to movie or TV show? I gotta say Friends. Friends? Easy to watch. (laughs) Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, great movie, great movie. movie. All right, let's get into it a little bit here. So what we try and do is get a little bit of background on all of our guests. So Adam, I'll ask you first, you know, tell us a little bit about how you got your start in the industry, maybe a little bit of background, and how did you end up to where you are right now? Well, I was at a bit of
1: a crossroads in my life. I had a young son, and I needed a career. And I was actually thinking about going into real estate, but through a few conversations with family... He kind of pointed me in this direction. And so, you know, probably within a month of that conversation, I went and did the mortgage agent course, wrote the test, and got my ticket. At that point, I went and knocked on a few doors, you know, with my resume in hand. I had multiple offers. I did choose one particular brokerage that felt right. And they really kind of introduced me to private mortgages and, you know, ultimately what I do today. So I am thankful for that experience, but I've never been the type to, you know, work for somebody. I always kind of
0: wanted to do my own thing and build a business. So that's how I ended up, you know, where I am now. Awesome. Thank you. Ringo, what about yourself?
2: Well, I wasn't planning to get into mortgages. I was actually doing marketing and advertising for online gaming industry for about seven years. You know, casino poker, bingo sports, not World of Warcraft. (laughs) It's a joke I like to tell. Um, So I was doing that for about seven years. And then closer to the end of it, I needed a challenge. So I started doing consulting for outside companies. I did some stuff in politics and some stuff in healthcare, And that's how I met Adam. We worked in the same building. And I think they were just about to sign a contract with another company. And then we met in the lunchroom. And he was like, hey, do you mind taking a look at this for me? I was like, yeah, okay, sure. I looked at it and just kind of gave him what my opinion was, which I can't really say here. And then uh, that's how we sort of became friends and then started consulting for his brokerage at that time. And that's how I sort of dipped my toe into mortgages.
1: 360 is
2: actually my second kick of the can
1: of owning a brokerage. But like Ringo said, we had like a shared office, like a Regis type of building.
0: Okay. And yeah, we'd see each other in the hallway and kind of got to know each other and you know the rest is history that's good well you guys kind of jumped the gun on my next question about how did you become partners but you know what's some qualities that you know really make this partnership work for you guys ringo and i are completely different people our brains work differently but at the same token
1: we do compliment each other you know i'll have an opinion about something he'll have you know the complete opposite opinion but we respect each other enough i think to you know talk it out and if his idea or concept is better then you know we run with that
2: yeah, I would say the complementary skill set really helped, especially in the beginning when we sort of just discussed it, you know, with this work? I mean, we kind of mapped out, you know, based on our skill set, what would the division of labor be? And that sort of, you know, really helped us organize our company and what our responsibilities are. And i say on top of that would be our communication because a lot of times, you know, we can butt heads over our differences of opinions and we had to talk it through. So I would say those two things are probably you know, what I would say keys our success. Yeah, you know? I mean, communication's <laughs> got to
0: be key to be successful, right? So that, I mean, I would and say that's gonna, probably... And we'll get
2: into that, I think. Yeah,
0: we're going to get <laughs> into that a lot. But my next thing that I wanted to get into is, obviously, this industry is very stressful, and it can be very stressful in specific times. But can you just maybe, you know, explain how you combat that stress within the industry, and how you help your agents and ultimately your clients combat that stress as well because you know it's the biggest investment of your clients lives as well there's a lot of stress that comes with that as well and finding the right solution so how do you combat everything that's a tough one you know managing stress on a day-to-day
1: is tough I think it's tough for everybody this industry is quite stressful especially when you're just starting out sometimes you you know you got to close a deal in order to pay your rent so that definitely adds to the stress how do you combat it I think I've just learned to deal with it through you know personal growth and you know becoming more mature and just realizing that the problem you have today is not going to be the problem you have tomorrow and tomorrow meaning next month why are you going to stress about it you know that deal is either going to close or it's not going to close if you look back at your stress from the previous month hey that deal didn't close and I was so stressed out about it and I lost sleep over it but guess what I'm still here and I'm still you know working on the next deal so that's how I kind of manage it.
2: I was a bit lucky I did uh, telemarketing actually when I was 17 years old I think I have four months of it selling hotel packages I believe to executives so during that time it was pretty tough because I would just get hang-ups after hang-ups after hang-ups and I remember this lady that was really really successful you know at what she did and she would say you know keep on dialing just keep on dialing she just brushed it off and just kept on dialing so no matter how bad of a day she had she just you know just kept going We kind of tell our agents that too. You know, even if you had a bad day, right? The best agents are always the ones who just brush it off and just kept going. Smile and dial. Smile and dial. That's exactly it. So it's not always about what you say on the spot, but it's also about, you know, your mental, I guess, fortitude, you know, strength.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this industry is very stressful. We all need to take time for ourselves, our mental health. I need to make sure that, you know, we're all good so that we can move forward on a day-to-day basis, right? Obviously, with COVID-19 over the last two years has added to that stress, So maybe you can explain a bit about how you're using digital tools to improve your customer experience. That's, you know, interesting.
2: I'll take that on. We actually transitioned from a paper model to paperless during COVID. So we have, you know, two types of tools. We have, you know, the client-facing tools. I'll give a shout out to Snap Noa. So these guys are great. All we got to do is get a digital consent form back from the clients. And we're able to just get all of their tax information, you know, from CRA directly. So that saves clients a lot of headaches from, you know, having to dig through their filing cabinets and whatever to get the information. And, you know, we then built that into our process to make sure that it's just a very painless experience for our clients. But we also have a lot of internal tools like our CRM system that helps our teams, you know, work seamlessly together. We have a digital training platform. It helps us onboard new guys without, you know having to train someone over and over again. So that's what I find that really helped us, you know, using digital tools to help both our clients and also our agents do their job.
1: Awesome. The thing about it is we were already using all these digital tools before COVID even happened. You know, we've been using DocuSign since 2015 or 16. So, I mean, the transition to going completely paperless, we had some friction points for maybe a week, but we figured it out and it was a relatively seamless transition. So... Other than the drop in business, you know, in April and May of when COVID hit, it really didn't change much for us. So maybe we're ahead of the game.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, right now, everything is basically digital, right? So being ahead of that game probably helped you out significantly when everything happened last year and going into obviously this year. Yeah, the best
1: change, because we were very digital focused, was the fact that the banks started accepting digital signatures. And so that really, really helped us, right? Yeah, for sure. It's all about consistency, even when Ringo's talking about SNAP NOA, Financial documents, you know, tax documents, they might be the same, but often they look different. The government changed the format or whatever the case may be, or, you know, you're getting someone scanning their T4 and it's got coffee spilt on it, or, you know, I think we even had one where the (laughs) rabbit chewed it. Oh my goodness. (laughs) But yeah, it creates consistency. And that's key to everything that we do is, you know, make things as simple as possible in order
0: to, you know, be more efficient. Yeah, Absolutely. So getting into more of your business, you know, what would you say is your niche in the mortgage market? And what advice would you give to brokerages who are trying to find their what we would call key differentiator? Our
1: niche is definitely my background started in private mortgages, helping people in difficult situations, credit challenged, people that don't file taxes, quote unquote, properly. So, you know, they have to look at alternative sources. So our biggest niche is educating these people and helping them giving them the tools and the tricks and the tips on how to repair their credit, start them with a private and then, you know, really follow up with them throughout the term and ensure that they are in fact fixing their situation, improving their credit or filing their taxes properly the following year. So then we can then place them with like a home trust, whether it's blending into a whole new first mortgage or transferring that private second mortgage into a home trust ELV once their situation has improved. And then once again, continually following up with them because, you know, on the B side of things, I mean, that's not the end all be all. Ultimately, you want to be with a bank. And, you know, we try to provide such good service that they want to come back to us, but ultimately allow them to do whatever they want after us, right? If mm-hmm. they want to, you know, take a private and then allow us to take them to home trust and they want to walk in a TD because that's where they're comfortable, then fantastic.
0: That to us is a success story. And okay, so then just the second part of my question was more about, you know, giving advice to brokerages who are looking for that niche. Is there anything that you would specifically... Say, like, say there was a brokerage out there that did a little bit of everything, but nothing, like, significantly, right? So is there any piece of advice that, you know, maybe you could give to anybody who's listening to this podcast? I think ultimately, you know, you have to choose something, whether it's, you
1: know, a specific community, whatever it is, whatever niche. you got to choose something, right? And then you have to educate yourself. A lot of what we do is about education, educating clients. And you got to educate yourself on that niche, in order to become successful and ultimately educate your clients. So educate yourself yep.
0: on whatever you do choose. Choosing it, I mean, that's to each their own. So just getting into referral sources, who are your key referral sources and why are they so important to your business?
2: We actually don't use any referral services. We acquire most of our leads online. We do advertise on you know traditional medias such as TV and radio, but yeah, we get most of our leads online. If anything, You know, we get some referrals from our clients, and that's because every time we approach a lead, right, we tell our agents to, don't think about it as you're trying to get a sale. You assume the sale already. Your goal is to get a five-star review out of that client. So whenever we do get referrals, it's generally from clients referring their family and friends, and that's what we try to do. Reviews are huge for us because we know that if we try to get a five-star review out of this client, whether or not we get their business... It's gonna leave an impression on them. Right. So say we missed this opportunity. Somewhere down the road, they're gonna think about 360 landing maybe we get their business in the future.
0: Yeah. And like Adam said before, you know, retaining that business as well and having repeat customers is a lot easier than having to go out and try and find that business too, right? If you keep having that source coming back and back. If we do our job correctly, a client today is a client tomorrow and that's just good business. Yeah, absolutely. You guys have a very strong relationship with Home Trust, and in particular the Equiline Visa or the ELV that we call it. Can you explain a little bit why you've had such great success with this product?
2: Yeah, I think it comes down to two things. Number one, I think Home Trust really, you know, saw the opportunity of what they could do with the ELV. They extended the ratios to 60-60. Since we target a lot of private clients, we find that, you know, by extending the ratios to 60-60, yeah, it helped us, you know, help a lot of income challenged clients. Second of all is our underwriting process. So after going through a very thorough KYC process really getting to know the clients. We, you know, help our clients analyze their credit, their LTV, their income, their GDS, TDS ratios, and really educate our clients on where their situation is. We're not really quick to recommend a product to our clients, whereas a lot of our competition, they are. Right away, they will tend to, you know, refer them to a private mortgage. Let's just say they have in-house money. And we are very against that, right? Because we do want to match them with, you know, just the right product. So we don't recommend any products to them up front. We do a thorough analysis, and we pass them on to our very experienced underwriting team where then they really decide on what's the best product for the clients and a lot of times for these guys it is the home trust ELV. it's one of the best products out there
1: right I mean yeah you know when we are targeting privates a lot of people will come to us thinking they need a private because they know their situation is tough but if we can you know work the deal and look at the numbers and you know like Ringo said the ratios of 50 50 or 60 60 in some situations they thought they were private but no you know based on our experience we can place you with home trust.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the great thing about the Equiline Visa product itself is obviously for us, we see a lot of clients that have bruised credit. So there's been a situation in their life that their credit has been impacted, whether it's job loss, death in the family, having to help a sick family member, whatever the case is, debt racks up and, you know, they're drowning at that point. Right. And they need to consolidate. So that's a really good product for that. One of the key features to the ELV when, you know, you wanna leave your first mortgage because you got a, you know, a two point one
1: nine. Obviously you don't wanna break that. Yeah. The key features of the ELV is the fact that it does not have a maturity date. So you can ride that out without having renewal costs year over year mm-hmm. until the maturity of your first mortgage and then blend them together. Yeah. That
0: is a huge feature. Exactly. And I think For you, I mean, your hopes is if you're placing a client with the Equiline Visa behind something, or in some cases it could be in first position as well, when that first mortgage comes up and they don't want to break it at this point in time, then they'll come back to you and say, okay, my first is up for maturity now. I would like to try and wrap everything up into one new mortgage. Can you help me? And I think that's, you know, probably the model of your business. That's the goal. That's the goal. (laughs) No, that's good. It's a great product. Anybody who is listening to this podcast, if you want to learn more, reach out to your home trust BDM. They would be very happy to explain the product to you and tell you all about the benefits of it. How in general have alternative mortgage products helped your clients' needs? Well, we're providing them a solution when, you know, they don't think there is a solution. They've been turned
1: down by their banks. A lot of people, you know, are unaware that there's multiple other banks out there, you know, that can be just as competitive or you pay an extra, you know, point or two, but you're getting yourself out of the situation and rebuilding. I mean, the alt space
0: is needed because, you know, the banks, you know, they're very strict with what they approve. Yeah. Within your brokerage, what percentage of your business would fall under that alternative category? Probably 50, 50%, yeah, 50%. at least, yeah. uh, you know, and then another
1: large portion would be, you know, private and slowly we're seeing an uptick
0: with some of our A stuff, but our true specialty is alt and private. So you guys mentioned that you do a lot of private mortgages, but when a client comes to you, a lot of clients' expectations are that they're an A client. So how do you manage their expectations You know, when you think that they're a private or maybe even an alternative client, but their expectation is they're A.
2: Well, we have a specific process to deal with this. We go through our clients' credit situation, their LTV, their income, documentation, and their GDS-TDS ratios. So as we go through this process, we're educating our clients on what the institutions are expecting and what their current situation is now. So that's how we sort of show them where they are and where we can bring them, right? So we focus a lot on the payment savings as well, and not just on the rates. So we always try to make sure that we are saving the clients money on a monthly basis and improve their after-tax cash flow. Second thing I would say we do is not only show them, you know, what we can save them now, but as well as show them, you know, what's the light at the end of the tunnel, right? What does it look like after the first year? We're going to bring them out of the private space and into a product like the Home Trust ELV or, you know, even with Home Trust itself.
1: One of the our biggest pain points is re-educating clients because, you know, there are a lot of inexperienced brokers, agents out there, and very rarely does somebody buy the first product they see. Everybody wants to shop. But also, human nature is... A lot of people hear what they want to hear. So when we're the second or third company that they call for information and we're actually giving them factual information, we deal with facts, we gather information up front. One of our biggest challenges is the re-education because we're not necessarily telling them what they want to hear versus, you know, they spoke to somebody else and they said they can get them a second mortgage at 299 I mean, that product doesn't exist, but because they heard it, they want to believe it. So that's one of
0: the biggest challenges It's re-education. Is there a client story that maybe shows how you lean on your partnerships in the industry to provide that right solution for your client? We lean on our partnerships. You know, it's a good chance to shout out our team, Rose and Massimo
1: at Home Trust here, who are always willing to pick up the phone and give us an answer we need or help us work through a deal so we can provide that information back to the clients in real time. We close you know, upwards of 100 deals a month, so it, it's hard to pick a specific story. Every story is unique, but definitely a good chance to shout out Rose and Massimo because they're fantastic with helping us being successful in this industry and also providing solutions to our clients.
0: They're gonna love that shout out, and <laughs> and I mean, I guess I'll take this opportunity to shout out to our underwriting team as well because I know that they do a very good job at you know helping our broker oh, Eric partners. Is amazing too. Yeah, there you go, helping our broker partners find that right solution for the clients. Right, so big shout out to the Home Trust team there. So, what is one quality you look for in a loyal partner? Could be realtor, lawyer, lender, what communication. communication. Communication? That's what I was kind
1: of alluding to earlier. Yeah. You know, we talk about this all the time. It doesn't matter who you're dealing with, whether it's a lawyer, whether it's, you know, an institution or a lender, you got to have communication. I mean, emails are fantastic, obviously, for certain things, but, you know, we always preach to our team pick up the phone, don't hide behind an email. You can't make a sale through an email. You can't relay emotion through an email. You know, emails can often be misconstrued. So pick up the phone. Communication is key with everything that we do, whether it's, you know, industry-related or, you know, relaying information to the clients. You got to have strong
0: communication. That is the crux to everything we do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ringo, do you have anything to add to that?
2: No, that's pretty much it. Okay. Talk for both of us. (laughs)
0: Perfect. We're nearing the end of the podcast now. Is there anything else that you guys would like to mention or talk about anything that maybe I didn't touch on? I appreciate Home Trust for everything they do and helping us along our journey of you know being a successful brokerage. Yeah, well, we want to take this opportunity to thank you both very much for being here, Adam and Ringo. Appreciate you taking the time of your day to join us on this podcast. Thank you for your continued support of Home Trust. I know you guys, you know, have a good relationship on the Equiline Visa side of the business. So thank you for the support of that product. It's a really great product. Thank you to everybody who is listening out there. This is the end of the podcast. So thank Practice. you. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs>